We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. I'm your host, K-Town. You're listening to 7 True Crime Murder Interviews and Stories. Where your worst nightmares are realized. Clarence Allen imagined himself as a leader of a criminal enterprise. He had a head start, and he was working as a security guard at a supermarket in Fresno, California. He teamed up with his son, Roger, along with Charles Jones, Carl Mayfield, and Lee Furrell. Allen had easy access to the door and alarm keys for the market. All he needed to do was to elude the naive son of the grocery store owners, Raymond and Francis Sawinski. The couple frequently left their son Byron in charge. Alan planned it well. He would arrange for Byron to swim in his own pool when his parents were out. Roger Allen's girlfriend, Mary Sue Kitts, asked Byron to take a dip in the Allen pool one night. Before the date, Alan paid a man to steal the keys to the market and told Byron that he needn't worry about the store as he would be on guard. While the two were swimming, Alan and his accomplices robbed the store. There wasn't much cash in the register, but there were $10,000 in money orders in the safe. Unfortunately for Alan, Mary Sue Kitts knew about the plot from Roger and told the store owners and remanded to Folsom State Prison. He was furious and he really hated snitches. He had to get rid of Kitts and anyone else who testified against him. It was not only going to be an act of revenge, but a way to win himself another trial, knowing that he might be released upon retrial if there was no living witnesses. All he needed to do was waste those who originally testified against him. Those witnesses included Kitts, the store owner, and his son Byron, as well as Charles Jones, Carl Mayfield, and Lee Furrow, Allen's so-called partners. Allen developed the plot with a fellow inmate, Billy Ray Hamilton, who was about to be paroled. He also solicited the aid of his other son, Kenneth, to help. Kenneth was supposed to provide Hamilton with the weapons and transportation. Once Hamilton was free, the plan was set in motion. Killing Kitts was easy. She was shot and Hamilton weighted her body down and pitched it in the Fryant Kern Canal. One night, Hamilton and his girlfriend, Connie Barbo, went to the store pretending to be customers. They stayed until closing time, so the market would be empty of buyers. Hamilton had a sawed-off shotgun, and Connie wasn't shy either. She had a 32 caliber pistol. 
Billy Ray hollered out at those who were still in the market and held up his weapon maniacally. Hamilton then told them to go to the storeroom. As usual, Byron was there along with three employees, Douglas White, Josephine Rocha, and Joe Rios. Hamilton raised his shotgun and blasted holes right through Byron's forehead. Blood spewed all over the floor, and he dropped to the ground, dead. Hamilton then nudged White and asked, Hey, big boy, where's the safe? White replied, Honest, there is no safe. Josephine Rocha screamed and cried out in terror. Hamilton pulled his trigger. She was hit in her heart, lungs, and stomach, and also dropped lifelessly to the ground. Rios raced to the bathroom with Hamilton in hot pursuit. He forced the door open, and Rios threw up his arms to protect his face. The shotgun went off again, and Rios fell, having been struck in his elbow. Suddenly, a neighbor, Jacob Abbott, came rushing through the front door with his gun firing. Having been surprised, Hamilton was wounded in his foot and limped away towards Kenneth Allen, who was in the escape car with Barbo. After the murders at the grocery store, Hamilton didn't go into hiding as he should have. Instead, he foolishly decided to rob a liquor store and was arrested. In a search of Hamilton's apartment, the police found a scribbled list with the names of Mary Kitts, Raymond, and Byron Shawinsky on it. The list didn't have any reference to Clarence Ray Allen, but the fact that Hamilton had such a list led the police to look into Allen's culpability. The authorities were well aware. Hamilton was Allen's fellow inmate. Kenneth Allen represented another weakness, though. He had been picked up on a drug charge and made a plea agreement with the prosecution to admit his own role in the robbery and, more importantly, to implicate his father in the murder conspiracy. In exchange, Kenneth would get reduced time and get to choose the prison he would be sent to. When he was confronted about the murders and charges of conspiracy were pending, Allen denied any knowledge of the killings at the grocery store. After all, he was in prison when they were committed. Allen made the fatal error of writing to his son, Kenneth, asking for copies about the murder of kids. Prison officials always read prisoners' letters and record conversations in the visiting room at the prison. When Kenneth came with his wife, Kathy, Allen told them of his plans. In addition, he sent Kenneth follow-up letters from jail, just in case the prison authorities were reading those letters. Allen wrote them in a crude sort of code. Kenneth was prevailed upon by the prosecutors to interpret the crypt. Then they had all the evidence they needed against Clarence Allen, and it was corroborated by Kenneth's wife. The prosecution was confident they could get a conviction until they discovered from letters to the prison from Kenneth that he really planned on lying in court, so his dad wouldn't get the death penalty. Kenneth wrote to his father saying that he would only say that Hamilton wanted the money from the supermarket to buy guns, but wouldn't mention his father's murder conspiracy. He wrote, Dad, I've been doing a lot of thinking about all this shit. 
and I'm still confused. But I believe things will work out okay for everybody but me. Because Kenneth admitted in the letter that he was going to honor the plea agreement, the prosecutor didn't present it to court and planned on charging Kenneth as an accessory to murder. In 1982, Clarence Allen was convicted of the murders of Mary Sue Kitts, Byron Schwinski, and the employees Douglas White and Josephine Rocha. Even though he hadn't yet made arrangements to have anyone kill the other prosecution's witnesses from his first trial, he was charged with conspiracy to murder them. He was sentenced to death by lethal injection. In 1987, Allen filed an appeal based on a number of aspects, including the attention given to the aggravating factors introduced at an earlier trial. He also argued that the death penalty was disappropriate to his role in the murders at the grocery store. In addition, his lawyers indicated that he was no longer a danger to society because of his disabilities. Some of them were his decreased mobility, his blindness, his diabetes, and hearing difficulties. Allen's appeals were denied, and his sentence of death by lethal injection was affirmed. Allen released a statement prior to his execution, saying how pleased he was with his last meal, how much he appreciated the friendships of other inmates on death row, thanked his spiritual advisor, his family, and friends, some of whom he mentioned by name. He was executed on January 17, 2006. Clarence Ray Allen's last words were, It's a good day to die. Thank you very much. I love you all. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this edition of 7. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. I am your host, K-Town, and I'll see you next time on 7. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'.